Shalom Abracha, we're up to Yumadaf Pay Dalid. Today's Daf talks about different refuas for gum disease. It talks about Pikuach Nefesh. But it begins at the end of Pegimel Amad Beis, where the Gemara explains the mission of that. said if someone is bitten by a Kelev Shaita, a crazy dog, there are five ways to identify a crazy dog. His mouth is open. Two, there's saliva dripping from his mouth. Three, he has floppy ears. Four, his teal is between his back legs. Five, he walks on the side of the road. Some also say a sixth identification mark of a Kalashaita that he's hoarse, that when he barks, no sound comes out. How do you get a crazy dog? There are two options. Rav says that there are mechashefas, there are witches who can play with a dog to make it crazy. Shmuel says that there's a ruach that goes on it. Now the, the nafkamina between these two shitas is whether you should kill the dog by coming in contact with it or uh, from a projectile, uh, shooting it, throwing something at it. Because if it is from a ruach you don't want to be there when it dies. It can come in contact with you. According to Shmuel, we have a proof that says when we, when you're uh, killing this kalavshaita, it's, it's dangerous. You should only kill it from a distance. Uh, you see that there's a ruach ra involved. If someone comes in contact with it, it's dangerous. If it bites a person, he can die. So now, if someone does come in contact with a kalavshaita, what's he supposed to do? Well, he's supposed to get undressed and run as fast as he can. And if Hunabrej of Yeshua had this, he was in the shuk and a crazy dog, uh, Kelev Shaita, um, came in contact with him. And because of his chachma, he realized that, yeah, this, this would be tremendously embarrassing. But he undressed and he ran away to avoid the Ruach Ra. What's one supposed to do if he's bitten by a Kelev Shaita? So Abaye says he should take a hide of a male tzavua. He should ride on it. That I am, you know, Pliny Ben, his mother, I was bitten by a dog. Or he can write, Kanti, Kanti, Kalirois. Or he could say, uh, or, or uh, and he should say, Kandi, Kandi, Kalirois, Kaka, Hashem Tzavokos, Omen, Omen, Zela. Then he should undress and run away. Nope, undress, take that clothing and bury it in a base at Kavaris for 13 months. Then he should dig it up, burn it, and spread the ashes at the crossroads. And during those 13 months, he, when he drinks water, he should not look at his reflection in it. He should rather drink out of a copper straw because he can see the reflection of a shade, which is dangerous. And uh, we have Abba Bar Marta, who is also Abba Bar Menyumi. His mother made him a golden straw to drink from during these 13 months after getting bitten by a Kalashaita. Now, our Mishnah... Uh, go, goes on, and we talk about this gum disease called Tzafdina. Rabbi Yochanan had this disease, and he went to a noble woman who gave him a medication that was for three days. It was Thursday, Friday, and Shabbos. So he said, well, I can't come get my, get my medicine on Shabbos. She said, that's nah, fine. It'll be fine. Thursday, Friday's enough. And what, what do I do if I, if I do need it on Shabbos, if my gums are still hurting? So she said, well, you know what? If you swear to me, I will tell you the potion. I'll tell you how to make the cure for the gum disease, for Tzafdina. So he swore, that he's not going to uh, tell anyone the secret. So uh, he went home to give his Shabbos drasha, and he told everybody the remedy. 
Gemara says, oh, but Rabbi Yechanan swore. Yeah, he swore, Lela Kal Yisrael. He swore not to tell Hashem, but he didn't say not to tell Kal Yisrael. The Gemara says, yeah, but that's a tremendous Chal Hashem. So the Gemara says that he actually went to the nobleman before and said, by the way, you should know, I'm going to tell people because I didn't swear. My, my words weren't actually a lie. There are lots of people out there who need this remedy. Um, so it wasn't a Chal Hashem. She knew. What is the remedy? So it's a machlekas. So we don't actually know 100% for sure. And besides, we don't follow any remedies in the Gemara. First of all, uh, because if you hold it, there's two ways of looking at the remedies that are written in these Gemaras. Either that the Chazal went with the best remedies of their day, and while medicine does develop. And second is uh, potentially, they were spot on and they knew medicine far better than we can ever know it. However... We have no idea what they actually did, and we could be getting the ingredients wrong and the way of setting it up wrong, so we don't do any of these. But the remedy for this gum disease was, according to Rav Achabarei, dear Rav Ami, water that Sa'or was soaked in with olive oil and salt. Rav Yemer says that it's the Sa'or itself with oil and salt. Rav Ashi says it's the fatty bone of a bird's wing. Abaye did all of these, and none of it helped. Until this Arab merchant told him to take the seeds of a olive, which was not ripe yet. Uh, he burnt it in the oven on a new clee, and he stuck it on Abaye's gums, and that worked. How does a person get sick with this gum disease? With tzafdina. It comes from eating hot wheat bread with this dish that's made of fish oil and flour fried in its own oil. How does a person know if he has it? Well, if he has any contact with his teeth and blood starts coming out of his gums. Rav Yechanan had this tzavdina, and he did the refuah on Shabbos. Ah, how could Rav Yechanan do this refuah on Shabbos? Rav Nachman says, tzavdina is different. Because it's not a small thing. It's actually, a, it could be very dangerous because it starts with the mouth, but it goes down into the stomach. That's why he was allowed to do, Rabbi Yechon was allowed to do Rafua on Shabbos. Rav says, how can you say that it's much to do it on Shabbos? That's only Kefir Rav Masya. The Chachamim seem to argue and say that you can't do it on Shabbos. You're going with the Yachid. Rabbi Yechon held that the Chachamim agreed with Rav Masya here. We'll bring a raya. If someone has this disease, Yerokoin, we feed him the meat of a donkey. If a dog, a crazy dog, a Kalashoy, to bite somebody, we feed him from that dog's liver. And if someone has a mouth illness, you can give him a potion, a sam, on Shabbos. According to Rav ben Chorosh. The Chachamim over there said that with these potions, with these refuahs, you're not allowed to do that. That's not, that's not a refuah. What does it mean with these as opposed to what? Which ones? The Sam is a refuah. And according to the Chachamim, you see that you can't do the Sam on Shabbos. You can't do a refuah on Shabbos. And the Gemara says that that's not what it's excluding. It's excluding letting blood to get rid of Askarot. That is a refuah. But these three listed over here, including putting the Sam in your mouth, is not a refuah. And that's why Yechanon is allowed to do it on Shabbos. In fact, this is Mistavra from Abraisa. It says that there are three things. That Rabbi Shmuel heard from Rav Masim and Chorosh. Number one, you're allowed to let out blood on Shabbos for Askara. Two, you can feed the liver of a crazy dog that bids someone to him, to the patient. And if someone has a mouth issue, 
you can have the uh, potion for it on Shabbos. The Chachamim argue, and they say, Be'elu, with these, that's not a refuah. What's not a refuah? The Hori, the last two aren't a refuah, but the first one, letting on blood, is a refuah. Mm, Gemara says, no, we still have a problem here, because the Chachamim were saying that the first two, letting blood and the dog liver, those aren't refuahs, but the last one, the in the mouth, that is a refuah. How could have Yechanan have done the mouth refuah if it's us according to the Chachamim? They're the Rav. Well, Rabbi Barshmo comes for it with an answer. He says that if a, a, a pregnant woman smells food, you're allowed to feed her until she calms down. If a crazy dog bites someone, you're allowed to feed, it, feed him its liver. And if someone has a mouth issue, he's allowed to Take a sum, according to Rabbi Barab Yosi, but the Chachamim say, "Bizu with these you're allowed to, but not with other ones." Okay, so what's bizu? Which one is mutter on Shabbos? So a pregnant woman—that's a hundred percent mutter. That's pekoch nefesh. So the chayra, the sam is also included in in what is mutter. So you see, even the Chachamim would agree that for a mouth disease, you can have. This refuah, the sam on Shabbos. Rav Yechanan was okay. And Rav Ashi brings another raya from a Mishnah that says that Rav Masiv and Kharash holds that if someone has a mouth issue, he can have a sam put on on Shabbos. And the Rabbanon don't argue with him on that. L'chayr, the Mishnah would have said something if the Chachamim do argue. See, the Chachamim are, are okay with putting on a sam on a mouth gum disease on Shabbos. Shema no good answer. Rav Yechanan was backed up by the Chachamim. Now, when it comes to Suffolk Nefashas, what I'm going to need to tell us is that every Pekuach Nefesh is Deich HaShabbos, no? Shabbat Shalom, Rav says, the Chiddush is that you're even able to be Mechalal Shabbos for a Suffolk Nefashas for next week. What does that mean? That means if, a per- if the doctor gives you an eight-day medication to get rid of a Pekuach Nefesh, right? The person's dying, he says, okay, take this potion for eight days and then you'll be okay. Now, he gives it to you on Shabbos. I would think maybe wait till Matzah Shabbos, to start the treatments. This way you're going to have to be mechalal two Shabbosim. You're definitely going to have to get one Shabbos in, but why not wait till after Shabbos? Shmami no, you start right away. In fact, we have a b'risa that says like this. You're allowed to cook up food for a chayla on Shabbos. Not only for this Shabbos, even for another Shabbos, even if it's only going to become pekoach nefesh next week. And we don't say, oh, you know, wait till Matzah Shabbos. See, maybe he'll be getting better by then. No, you cook it up right away. You don't use a goy for this. You don't use a kuti. You have a 100% Godol Yid. We don't use a woman or a Kutim to do Pekuach Nefesh Davka, although we do include them in the Cheshbin of trying to figure out whether a person is sick or not, whether they need it. We do take their opinion into account. And now, continuing with the subject of Pekuach Nefesh, that if a person is dying, if someone is Zoriz to help him on Shabbos, I raise him Meshubach, and he doesn't need to ask Rishos for from Bezdin. For example, if a child fell into the ocean, he's drowning. You gotta build a raft, go out there and save him. And the faster the better, you don't have to ask Bezdin. You gotta, I'm sorry, not a raft. You gotta th- throw out a net to catch him. Even though the net might also pick up some fish. And that'll be tzayid. Uh, don't think twice, save the life. If a child fell into a pit, you had to immediately dig up some dirt and throw it down into the pit to raise the level for the kid to be able to climb out. And you don't have to be worried. You don't have to ask Bezdin because you might be making, it's, it's an Esrbaina. 
of building an extra step in the bar, raising the level. If a child is stuck behind a door, you'll have to smash it down immediately as fast as you can, and you don't have to ask Rishosabezdin because, you know, you, you're, you're making some firewood, you're knocking down boards. Don't worry about the Yisur Shabbos, get them out of there. If there's a fire going on, you put out that fire or you uh, prevent it from spreading no matter what you need to do immediately. And you don't have to ask Bezdin that, uh, oh, maybe you're evening coals out for after Shabbos. You don't have to worry about that. Now, I need every single one of these cases. Why? Because they each bring with it its own chiddush. In the bar, it's not like he's drowning like in the ocean. He, he's just sitting there and he's relaxing. Maybe I should go you know, get a psak before I save his life. Uh, in the bar, he's very scared. Behind the door, could be he's just playing with his toys. Kamash Malan, you, you, don't, you don't take the time to ask a shayla. And the fire case tells me that even if there's no one here that's in danger, but maybe in the next chutzah it'll be, get dangerous, you still don't ask any shaylas, put out the fire. Now, Rav Yosef Rav Yehuda says an interesting thing. He says, when it comes to Pikuach Nefesh, we don't go after the majority. What do you mean? If there are nine Jews and one guy, then, of course, you're going to save them. There's Jews there in danger. If it's 50-50, then it's suffering nefashas. You have to be mekel, you have to be mechal Shabbos. Elamai, you're talking about nine goyim and one Jews? It's also Pashat. You know for sure 100% that there is a Jew here, and if you know for sure, then it's as if it's 50-50. Elamai, we have to say it's a case when there are nine goyim and one Jew, and there's, and someone left this chatzar and went... Somewhere else. Do we say that one of the Goyim left because, you know, it's a 90% chance that it wasn't this one Yid? Kamash Malan, we don't go after the Rife and we assume that the Jew is still here and you have to save everybody. Ah, Rabbi Yosem Rabbi Yochanan said that. If you have a nine Goyim and one Jew in a Chatzar, that it's Pekuach Nefesh. But if he leaves, if this one person leaves, then we don't go out and save him. Sounds like we assume that he is the guy. He's of the 90%. Now, these two cases are different. When one person leaves and goes into uh, an abandoned building and it collapses on him, right? So we know that there's someone in there who is about to die. We don't know who it is. Then we're not going to say, oh, 90% were guy and 1% was a Jew. We We have to assume that this one person is that one Jew. But if a whole bunch of people from this Chatzar went into this building and it all collapsed, then we have to assume that Rav of the people are Goyim and we're not dealing with the Pekuach Nefesh of Ayyid on to be Dei Shabbos. Wait for the ambulances to show up. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for learning with me.